Hi, I'm Sam Hawley, coming to you from the lands of the Gadigal people. This is ABC News Daily. Do the wealthiest Australians really need an extra $9,000 in their bank accounts? The government doesn't think so, but it's pushing ahead with an election promise to deliver just that. Today, Insider's host, David Spears, on Labor's dilemma as it weighs up how to dump the policy while keeping voters on side. David Spears, I want to have a look back in history first of all, to get a sense of what breaking election promises means for Prime Ministers and their parties. Because we know, don't we, that not every election policy is kept. It's certainly not, Sam. And sometimes for good reason, circumstances change. Uh, Prime Ministers Mm -hmm. have to break promises or change positions. It, It may be justified in one way or another, but sometimes it's because they've overpromised at an election to win that election, uh, perhaps recklessly so, and then when they're in government, when they're uh, in the Prime Minister's suite, they do have to break a promise. Voters, uh, I think, kind of expect that politicians are going to break promises to a certain degree. doesn't mean they'll forgive them when they do so, but I do think there is a pretty wide expectation that this is just what politicians all do. Mm, I loved it. Um, John Howard, if you remember, I remember it clearly. He came up with this notion of core and non-core <laughs> promises. Yeah, he did. So core and non-core promises was basically a way of, well, justifying some broken promises mm. but not others. Uh, in other words, some more important uh, than ABC others. News. Demonstrators caused hundreds of thousands of dollars damage in Canberra today as they invaded Parliament House in a wild pre-budget protest. We are a nation of greater integrity than the shattered election pledges this budget contains. Pledges that were given so forcefully by John Howard only a few months ago. The new morality of this government is that there are core promises and non-core promises. Although no such distinction was made before That didn't stop him winning a lot of elections, Mm. uh, but that that distinguishing between the core and the (laughs) non-core certainly has been remembered. Yeah, exactly. So there's the non-core promises, and I guess the, the public is a bit forgiving about these these sort of promises. But then, Spearsy, there are promises that the public expect to be delivered. And in some cases, they really don't like it if they're not. No, and there are so many famous uh, examples. Uh, Paul Keating and the LAW Uh, tax cuts. They were meant to be in law, he said, LAW, but they were converted to, uh, well, superannuation benefits instead. It was a broken promise. Mm. They're not a promise, they're law. LAW law. The Keating government has finally let the cat out of the bag. Its election pledge of tax cuts isn't set in concrete. Uh, But look, you know, you could argue he he was towards the end of a long time in government uh, for Labor under Hawke and Keating and they ultimately lost that 96 election to John Howard. Um, John Howard, of course, said never ever on the GST. There's no way that uh, GST will ever be part of our policy. Never ever. Never ever. It's dead. He did go to an election, though, when he decided to change his position on that. So perhaps voters, uh, you know, forgave that change of heart. They had a chance to have their say. 
Uh, Kevin Rudd as Prime Minister, well, you know, there was no greater moral challenge than climate change. The great moral challenge of our generation. He put forward an emissions trading scheme, but then got cold feet and didn't put it to a vote in Parliament for a while, and that was seen as, well, something of a broken promise. Does the Prime Minister still believe that to defer action would be, and I quote, absolute political cowardice and an absolute failure of leadership. (laughs) Julia Gillard on the carbon tax. Uh, There will be no carbon tax under the government I lead. What we will do is we will tackle... So that too was seen as a uh, broken promise. Um, Tony Abbott promised no cuts to health, education, the ABC or SBS. No cuts to health, no change to pensions, no change to the GST and... No cuts to the ABC or SBS. And then in his first budget went about cutting all of those areas and that was a broken promise that he never really recovered from either. There's a history of politicians breaking promises. Sometimes it means that voters have really had enough of them and they sort of kick them out of power because of it. So, Speezy, let's have a look now at this promise made by the current Labor government during the election campaign to support these stage three tax cuts. So these tax cuts date right back to 2018. They were announced by Scott Morrison as Treasurer in the Turnbull no, government. It's a seven-year personal tax plan to make personal income tax lower fairer and simpler. Three stages of tax cuts. The first two stages targeted those on low and middle incomes. The third stage was always meant to be seven years or so down the track. They weren't going to apply until 2024, and they were benefiting those on higher incomes. What do these tax cuts mean? Well, they would flatten the tax rates. The 32 and 37% tax rates would go. A flat 30% rate would apply on incomes from 45 right up to $200,000 a year. And then above that, you're paying a 47% tax rate. So delivering a small benefit for those over $45,000 and then a gradually uh, higher uh, benefit to uh, those on higher incomes, the uh, the maximum benefit, just over $9,000 to everybody earning about $200,000 a year or more. Labor initially opposed these tax cuts. They didn't like stage three at all. Stage three uh, is the least responsible, uh, least affordable, uh, least fair. And they went to an election with that position in 2019 and lost. After that election, there was much debate within Labor about how to reposition on all sorts of uh, tax fronts, negative gearing, franking credits and stage three. They ultimately decided to vote through stage three of the tax cuts and guarantee that they would be kept in place. I am absolutely determined to look to the future, not relitigate the past. And that helped them win the 2022 election, the election earlier this year. Now, Even since the election, Anthony Albanese as Prime Minister committed to keeping these stage three tax cuts in place. So there's there's no doubt about the position he took at the election. So what, they didn't like them in 2019, but they supported them in 2022 because they thought they'd lose the election if they didn't? Yes, they supported them for political reasons. They've never, ever really mounted an argument as to why these are a good idea because Labor clearly doesn't think they are, but it wanted to provide certainty, it said, to uh, all Australians about these um, these tax cuts that they would still flow. You know, it's, it's concern, Labor's concern has always been 
that those on the highest incomes don't need that level of uh, tax cut. Maybe something smaller, but not $9,000 a year. Mm, in, the, in the past week or so, the Treasurer, Jim Chalmers, he's been sort of indicating that perhaps he doesn't really want to go ahead with them after all. People. And there's no use pretending that the global situation hasn't deteriorated. There's no use pretending uh, that rising inflation isn't punching a hole in family budgets. There's no use pretending... So, yes, the, the, the decision was taken, as I understand it, in the last couple of weeks uh, to have a fresh look at this, to consider whether to rein in these Stage 3 tax cuts and, in so doing, break that election promise and to do it in this budget that's coming up on the 25th of, uh, of October, so just a couple of weeks away. So the, the Treasurer was, you know, he wasn't freelancing. This was a collective decision that he would go out and do this, uh, and that is to, to fly the kite, essentially, float the idea that they might be uh, amending these tax cuts in this budget, test the reaction to it. And what reaction did we see? Well, from the left, from the, the Greens and, and, you know, some progressive think tanks, a very strong argument they should ditch these tax cuts altogether. And the Greens have been clear from day one, these taxes, stage three tax cuts, made no sense when they were introduced and they make even less sense now. And the Greens were really... The only uh, from a number of um, Labor MPs, some privately keen to have a fresh look at them to find some savings. Others, though, very worried about breaking a promise and what that might mean for them politically early in this government. And then from the right, from the, the, the coalition, uh, a, a very strong reaction indeed. Don't touch these tax cuts, not $1. And if you do, we'll make this the biggest problem, biggest headache you've faced, and that is to campaign on a broken promise. The fact is that this is not an issue now about tax cuts. It's about whether you can trust Anthony Albanese and the Labor Party. And they've still got, it seems, in their back pocket the prospect or the option to reverse this key promise that they made at the election. Sometimes so ultimately now, they've made the decision now not to touch them in this uh, budget and perhaps that is because of the, the strong reaction we saw from, well, some within Labor ranks, from the opposition, from some in the media and so on as well. And the decision has been taken best to defer any decision on this until next year, when perhaps we'll have an even stronger case for reining them in then. We'll see. But right now, the judgment has been made best not to touch them. So from what you're saying, they're going to keep the tax cuts for now, pending next year's budget and we don't know what they'll do there. But surely, Spearsy, given how volatile the economy is at the moment, the high inflation rates, wouldn't voters understand that perhaps this is an election promise that needs to be broken? Wouldn't the electorate be forgiving of that? I think some would. I think there would mm. be some sympathy for making a shift on these stage three tax cuts if it can be explained that they're unaffordable, uh, that the money's better spent either retiring debt, getting the budget under control, or indeed on benefits elsewhere. Um, but others would also point to the fact that Labor knew at the election that these pressures were building. And we knew from the Aged Care Royal Commission what costs would likely be coming there. We knew the health pressures were growing, and the states had certainly made that clear. We knew the commitment on nuclear submarines meant defence spending would have to increase. We knew the NDIS was escalating in terms of cost as well. So it's no great surprise that all of this is, is is coming and continuing to build, and yet Labor still committed to these stage three tax cuts. It knew the debt situation as well, but it made this promise for political reasons. So there's no easy answer. So this is the dilemma the government faces. Mm, I gather also they'll need to think about if they do decide to scrap the tax cuts in the end, 
what the opposition will do come the next election campaign, what they will argue for then. One of the arguments within the government is if they do trim them at the top, still give everybody under stage three a tax cut who's like who's set to get one, but make it smaller than the $9,000 at the top. If you made it, say, a third of that, $3,000, just for example, would the coalition then go to the next election promising to spend billions of dollars giving those on the highest incomes an even bigger tax cut. Look, that's the view within the government that they might be able to put some pressure back on the coalition. Um, uh, who knows? Look, the cost of breaking a promise, though, as we've explained, can be high. It can be difficult for prime ministers to recover from that moment. We're really looking into the crystal ball here about how the politics of this would all play out. David Spears is the host of Insiders. The government will deliver its first budget on October the 25th. Stage three tax cuts will cost $243 billion over 10 years. This episode was produced by Sydney Peed and Chris Dengate, who also did the mix. Our supervising producer is Stephen Smiley. I'm Sam Hawley. ABC News Daily will be back again tomorrow. You can find all our episodes of the podcast on the ABC Listen app. To get in touch with the team, email us on ABC News Daily at abc.net.au. Thanks for listening. You've been listening to an ABC podcast. Discover more great ABC podcasts, live radio, and exclusives on the ABC Listen app.